You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. You can get it early every Tuesday on Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. Or uh, you can wait and get it late every Friday uh, on podcast services uh, across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Uh, And uh, this episode is sponsored. (gasps) This is our first episode where, like, I'll actually say that at the beginning. Um, But uh, you've heard one ad already at the beginning. uh, And we'll have a couple more ads in the middle. But uh, but we'll we'll do that later. Um, But the podcast is now... I, I ad supported. We've 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 made a move, and we're going to be moving all of the Thunderquack podcasts um, from from our previous hosting service over to a new one, um, where we'll be able to, uh, with the sort of the collective numbers of Thunderquack, um, be ad supported over the universe. And uh, and that means a couple of things. It means I. Uh, uh, it means that we're going to be able to do a bunch of cool stuff because we'll have money to spend, not just the Patreon money, which which uh, has kept us running uh, and expanding slowly uh, over the last few years. Um, so that's I really great. want a microphone. That's the biggest thing that yeah, I'm excited your own for. Microphone. So that I can podcast from home, yeah. which means I'll be happy every time I podcast because I won't have had to come all the way <laughs> to Quillam every time we podcast. Um uh, yeah, so we'll be able to like buy new equipment and and uh, pay for things like uh, I, you know we're we're going to Star Wars Celebration later this year and uh, and we'll be able to uh, to uh, uh, buy new equipment like like road equipment for for that we'll be able to uh, do some on the road episodes yeah, some um, live streams yeah so it's just gonna give us more opportunities and and as we go into uh, 2020 the beginning of a, of a new decade and uh, our fifth year as Thunderquack. um i it, it's just it just gives us way more flexibility um because we're not there was always revenue coming in from patreon which we've been hugely grateful for but it's money in money out and and over the last few years we've been really lucky that we've always managed to cover costs and not go over uh and uh, and 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 uh basically since we launched thunderquack that's been the case which is really cool um but uh, but this is going to give us the ability to actually start banking some money to to do other cool stuff to with and is patreon still at unadded unadded so that's the thing yeah. so that's one of the other changes is that we will have some new tiers so the one dollar uh, tier is going to be the ad free version of the podcast, mm-hmm. um, and then the five dollar tier will be uh, uh, getting it early, and then the ten dollar tier will be Thunderquack Uncut. So, Woo-hoo. so that's that's going to be the the new setup. 
and then uh, twenty dollars will be the Patreon producer one. So I yeah. uh, uh, twenty dollars, you, you'll get a shout out on the podcast. Um, Yay! Yeah, so. and I will say, a dollar is worth the no ads. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Sounds good. I would say so. And uh, you get to be part of our Facebook group that way. Yep. Well, yeah, so, and with like, all, you all of them, yeah, the you're, you're a part of the Facebook. So group, become so. a part of yeah. the Thunderquack podcast community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so other than that, I mean, uh, the podcast now, uh, we're unfettered. We, we don't, uh, we don't have, we're not beholden to anything. Even when we did our, when we did our run last summer as sort of an introduction to what, what Thundercrack was going to be once Quiver ended, um, we decided that we were going to go through and we were going to rank and review all of the, the Star Wars Skywalker saga films. Um, but right now, like we're tonight, we're not going to do that. We we're, get to do whatever we yeah, want. We're just going to talk about whatever we want. It's so, so great. Um, and, and we did on that uncut. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're talking about some at the end of this episode, you will hear some interesting conversation. Uh, or, it goes into some weird places. Debatable. But yeah, well, like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't say entertaining. Some, I just said interesting. interesting. Oh, that's fair. Um, but I, I, Way to, way man, to sell oh, it, Amanda. I'm so good at selling things. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to us, please. I we're gonna review two movies. Uh, I'm gonna give a very, very spoiler-free uh, recommendation to go see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, um, and then we're gonna talk about Birds of Prey. Woohoo! But uh, is there any is there any like geeky news? I haven't watched Alter Garbage yet. But, well, it hasn't started yet. Okay, yeah, that would explain it's, why it's I coming. haven't watched Alter Carbon yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Stranger Things this trailer. Friday, yeah. There's this Stranger yeah, Things trailer that's out. Teaser. Um, um, yeah. Where I forgot that Hopper died in season three. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a thing. Spoilers for sorry, season three. Sorry. No, you've had like almost a year. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, really <laughs> cool. Love, yeah. I, just a really cool tease. Uh, just like this like Russian gulag sort of thing. Uh, all these guys like breaking rocks uh, in Russia. So. And then uh, and then the reveal of uh, of, of Hopper, yeah. um, which is very exciting. Uh, I mean, like, I think that we all knew after the way that season three ended that, that obviously. Because he just he like would... disappeared, right? Yeah. So everybody that got zapped by the thing, like all the evil Russian soldiers yeah. and whatever that had gotten zapped by the thing as it was overloading disintegrated. Oh, right. Whereas so the shot right? where he disappeared, like we just see like the ash falling and like, like Joyce sees the ash falling and assumes that he died. Right. So we all just assume that he died. Right. Right. Um, but if you didn't see it on camera, it didn't happen. Whenever well, yeah, it comes no, to no, heroes. No body, no death. Right. So, Heroes and villains. Villains villains. more so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's fair. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Hence why Palpatine was able to come back in Rise of Skywalker. So I've been thinking about this. We're not going to get into that too much. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I have started to get mad at J.J. Abrams recently. Okay. Because how unfair to like undo The Last Jedi. Because I've been thinking basically about how we have to rank Rise of Skywalker now. Like once it comes out. And I'm don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I had fun. It was everything I wanted. But, like, couldn't they have told a similar story without it being Palpatine? Like, why did it have to be Palpatine? Yeah. Her being... Okay, spoiler for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think everybody who okay. cares has seen it. But, like, it's just You know a what way... podcast you're listening yes. to, so... It's a way less interesting choice to make her, yeah. like, a descendant of Palpatine. Yeah. Like, 
it's so much more interesting if she is nobody. Like, yeah, it just it, so okay. Uh, we're gonna sorry. get into all of this down the we're road when, do, the, when, when the Blu-ray it. comes out. We'll we're going it. to um, what we'll actually do is is um, I think we're gonna do like a watch along for for Ooh, Ryan. So what a good because idea. we've got the setup. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, nice. it, it'll it'll <gasps> basically be a commentary. I just track. saw your Jurassic Park T Rex. Oh yeah, the Lego T-Rex. You got a lot of toys since I've been here last. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. No, I'm the like only a kid in the candy store. The only new thing in here, I think, is the T-Rex. But also the bowling ball. Well, the bowling ball is ancient. I've had that thing forever. That was has in the it always old been house. sitting right there? Uh, it's all. It's been like bumming around. Oh, like, maybe I just noticed it because of the bowling. Which is today. appropriate because it is Big Lebowski. <laughs> uh, more on that in the uncut, but. Um, yeah, if you want to hear a conversation about bowling, I guess. <laughs> uh, not about the Big Lebowski, which I don't know why. We have all had... the things like like to talk about the Big Lebowski collector's edition bowling ball that I have, and then to start talking about bowling instead of talking about one of the greatest movies ever made. I don't know, but whatever. You know, I've never seen the Big Lebowski. Oh man, <laughs> fill a space cruiser with all the movies you've never seen. Jeez <laughs> uh, yes. Louise, you could uh, great movies you've never seen. I should clarify um my thing with rise of skywalker and with with ray being a palpatine and all of that um is is a it cheapens ray's character yeah because instead of her power coming from her Mm -hmm. it i mean i it comes out of kylo ren's mouth and he's still kylo ren at that point so there's a certain element of it where you can say you can make the argument that, as with everything else that's come out of his mouth in the other two movies, uh, he's a colossal, misogynistic douchebag, right? Like, just just capital D, capital B douchebag, um, right there with the inner caps, because he, he says awful things in all three movies. I've never thought of douchebag as two words. <laughs> it was, it <laughs> really confused one. me for a second to be like, where well, are you it is one the word. from? It is one word, but, but I'm, yeah. I'm no, that's why I said it's you're an making, inner Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, good. I get it. Because he deserves both. Yeah. I, uh, that doesn't mean I don't love the character of Kylo <laughs> Ren. It just means that that's the purpose that he serves yes. within the story. Yeah. Um, so he literally says the, the words... It's like it's his power, yeah. No, right, yeah. like like it, you have his power, and it's like Ugh. no, Ray has her own power. That's not how the Force works, <laughs> to quote Han Solo. <laughs> um, and and like that's kind of that was that was the point of a whole lot of Star Wars. Um, and the and only the saving in the Last Jedi, yeah, the only like... saving grace that that Rise has. Is is like I said, you can justify that Kylo Ren just doesn't understand how the Force works, um, and and that's probably the greatest thing that holds him back from conquering the galaxy is that he thinks he understands it, but he's never in control of it. It's always in control of him. Um, and then at the end, uh, when all of the Jedi are talking to Rey, Kanan from Star Wars Rebels says, "A a, a Jedi's strength." Uh, in the heart of a Jedi lies her strength. In the heart of the Jedi lies her strength. And that to me is is amongst everything else that's said by the Jedi in that moment, that's Kanan specifically talking to Rey and saying, 
Like, it's not him, it's you, and it's always been you, which is what all of them are kind of saying to her, right? Like, like Obi-Wan says... Oh, it's such a good movie. Yeah, Obi-Wan says, says, Ray, these are your final steps, rise and take them. Like, that's very much about her agency Mm -hmm. and her decision to stand up to Palpatine and defeat him. Mm -hmm. Um, And they all kind of say that it's like, like, like Anakin says, restore the balance as I once did. Like there, none of them are saying, saying like, use his power to defeat him. They're all saying like, no, it's you. It has to come from you. Um, And, and all of the Jedi are in you. Right. Um, But to just even have a character in 2019 utter the words to a female protagonist, that's not the, the, the phenomenal cosmic power that you have doesn't belong to you. It belongs to a literal wrinkly old white dude yeah. is just so tone deaf and misguided. I think to just, to just even go there. Um, and ultimately like, like the problem is that, they did that on purpose because there were a lot of older white dudes who were upset that Ray was as powerful as she was in the previous movies. So they needed a justification. And, and I just think that what Ryan did was so progressive and moved the saga forward so much in saying like, no, it can come from anywhere. Like that's like, the whole purpose of like the Metaclorian count, yeah. whatever. It's yeah. that's not what it's about, and and so I really like I I kind of hang everything on those words from Canaan, which it's it's no coincidence that I put a lot of stock in that because Canaan is one of my top three Star Wars characters of all time, and Star Wars Rebels is my absolute favorite Star Wars content. It from start to finish, I think is the strongest Star Wars story out of any of them. Um, and Kanan is the biggest part of that for me. His journey is so quintessential to the story of the Jedi. It it contains to me everything that is Anakin Skywalker, the fall of the, the old Republic and the, the old Jedi Order, and as well as the new hope that is in Luke Skywalker and the next generation of Jedi. Um and uh, and and he trains Ezra, and and Ezra is very much in the same school of Jedi thought as Rey. Um, right. And uh, and so I think like he like that he just really kind of encompasses everything that I like to see from a Jedi. Um, he's he is a badass with a lightsaber, but he's also he also knows when not to fight, which is a very Obi Wan thing, right? Like it, he he's kind of has the best of of a lot of characters. Um, and a little bit of Han Solo thrown in for good measure too. Uh, so he, those being his words, I uh, I probably imbue them with more meaning than than uh, the average viewer. But but it's the only thing that gets me through that movie. Um, I love the first two thirds of it, but yeah. but that third act just drives me up the wall yeah. because you've got these three characters that you focused on for two and a half movies two and three two and two-thirds movies at this point (laughs) uh and uh and neither none of them none of the three of them have a meaningful ending to their story yeah it's like i don't know what the hell finn does like i know (laughs) i know um 
I, I like mechanically what he does in the plot, but thematically, I don't know what that means for him. It doesn't mean anything. And there was such a better direction to go with that, with the, the freeing the stormtroopers and, and whatnot, but um, which they don't do. And it's just such a weird thread that they put in the story and then just doesn't pay off. Um, well, I haven't even thought of that. I hadn't even thought of that. Poe Dameron, the greatest yeah. pilot we've ever seen in Star Wars. You put him in an X-Wing in the third act. And what does he do? He circles the battlefield and says, we're losing. Yeah. In The Last Jedi, he takes on the Dreadnought by himself. Yeah. And he like that the maneuver he does when the Tie Fighters come out and they're following him and he closes the wings and goes oh, through, through the thing and then they through smash the thing it. and yeah, they yeah. smash into it. Yeah. It's like that's Poe Dameron is the greatest pilot in the history of Star Wars because he does that same maneuver in in Force Awakens when when they blow the hole in the oscillator and he oh, goes through goes there through yeah, yeah. and then he flies perfectly in a circle around the inside of the oscillator and back out that little tiny hole just big enough for an x-wing like he is so awesome he does so many cool things in the other two movies in the cockpit of an x-wing he finally gets back in the cockpit of an x-wing after everything he goes through in the last jedi at the end of rise and what does he do nothing he doesn't do a single cool thing Hmm. there are some cool starfighter moments in in the end of the movie, he doesn't have any of them. Hmm. And then his whole arc of like, like finding the light and, and becoming a leader. And then he becomes general, uh, like, which is the destiny that Leia knew was always his. And what's the first thing he does? Oh, this is too much responsibility. (laughs) I got to split this in half with my best buddy. And it's like, that's not what did Finn do to earn that? Other yeah. than being a hero of the resistance, right? But a hero of the resistance is not a leader of the resistance. That was the point Han's of his. <coughs> well, but I mean, Han, Han does lead stuff. I guess so. In in, if if you pay attention in Empire Strikes Back, he's giving orders. He's yeah, he's he's command. What's his rank? I think I guess he's still just Captain Solo, but but like. He doesn't talk to people in the rebel base on on Hoth like like he's just a mercenary there. Like he yeah, has a rank fair. and he's important. Um, that's fair. And and you know he 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 goes through a lot and comes out the other end. I uh, uh, and he does he's leading a strike team, so it makes sense. But I uh, yeah, with Finn, it's like it's like Finn Finn doesn't lead anything throughout the whole thing. He can be a general, but I just think like I I don't know I I just found that moment of like no Poe you earned this like you don't yeah. need to split this with your friend anyways we could talk about Rise of Skywalker all night but that's not what we're gonna talk about um I'm gonna cut myself off there like good uh, and uh, and we'll cool. we'll get into I'm sorry that I got us talking no, about no, Rise of Skywalker it's, it's yeah <laughs> we'll it's, talk about it later I do like the movie that's the problem yeah, yeah. that's the problem yeah. is that I enjoy watching it yeah. but I want to watch it again it also the, all the two me. lightsabers and the uh, yeah. Uh, so good. Okay. Um, uh, let's talk about Birds of Prey. Actually, you talk about your Sonic thing talk first. About Sonic and first. then we'll talk about Birds of Prey. I, I'll just say uh, if you go have kids, uh, then you have to go see Sonic the Hedgehog with them. It's it's one of the best family movies in the last five years. Um, it's, it's just a great... Um, it's basically E.T. with Sonic the Hedgehog instead of an alien. Like, he's from another dimension, and he uh, he ends up stuck on Earth and uh, and and makes friends with James 
Marsden. And, who is the best. Yeah, who's I the love best. James Marsden. <laughs> and Jim Carrey is the bad guy and chews the scenery like nobody else. And uh, 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 Neil McDonough, who played uh, uh, Damien oh, yeah, Dark, Damien Dark. Uh, is in it. Uh, and he's in it for like 30 seconds. It's great. <gasps> really? Yeah, he's literally like, he, it's so great. There's there's a bunch of like military characters in it because it's it's like Sonic comes and 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 he he does a thing and this big EMP sort of thing his his speed burst goes out and knocks out the whole Pacific Northwest interesting electrical grid right and uh, and and so you have this this scene of like all of the the um, military like the 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 i don't i don't even know what you call it like when it you know it's like the round table and it's like all the, oh, it's yeah, like the head yeah, of the yeah. navy and the yeah. head of the air force and the head like all of these guys and it's all of the same actors the only one they didn't have was michael ironsides he's the only one that wasn't there but it was everybody else you expect in any other action movie <laughs> to be those guys in that room right. and then they're like oh like like what are we going to do how are we going to handle this and the one guy the the leader of them is like is like we got to send him in. And they're like, no, not him. He's the worst. And they're talking about Robotnik <laughs> and they, and they no, he's the only one who's smart enough to handle this. And they send him in and Neil McDonough's character is there. And he's the, he's like the, the commander in the military, like the operation of like, they're trying to figure out what, what caused this thing. And Robotnik shows up and just like, like just talks down to him and just is like, nope, zip it, get out of here. And then he's just not in the rest of the movie, <laughs> which is just so great because it's Neil McDonough. And you're like, well, he's a great actor. He should be in the rest of this movie. He's not though. Like he never shows up again. And it's just so funny because it, he, cause he literally just like dismisses him and, and like, he just, he just like walks off screen and we just never see him again. And, and then it's it just so like good. backs down to the chaos of, Robotnik. Yeah. Um. Uh. So there's just there's so much stuff like that in the movie that that um they they knew who was gonna be in that theater. They knew that it was gonna be a lot of parents with their kids. Um. And a lot of like the the hardcore Sonic fans who are now adults. Um. Who who've been fans since day one, like me. And uh, and and I think that they serviced all audiences appropriately um which is so hard to do um and the best review that i i've heard for this movie is that uh this is the best possible movie you could make (laughs) with the sonic adapting sonic the hedgehog into a film that's very good and i think that that's so accurate like that's that's the best way to put it (laughs) Um, because that's what it is. It's like, yeah, is there, is there a better story that you could tell with Sonic? Yeah. But would that story, like, would that track with kids? Would that, would that get everybody into the theater in the way that this movie did? I don't think so. Um, because a full CG Sonic the Hedgehog movie would have been able to tell a better Sonic the Hedgehog story and not like this sort of cookie cutter story where you're just placing Sonic in as the character right. that right. comes from another world to 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 befriend uh, a, a goofy human, right? Like that we've seen that movie so many times, especially in the last few years with like Smurfs and and uh, uh, and like the Chipmunks and, oh, and yeah. Garfield and all of these movies where you have your talking CG character and your humans. Um, it's just like, it's kind of been done to death, but 
but they they pull it off in a really great way because they rely on the source material to differentiate it. Nice. So they they really lean into like the sonic aspects of it. Cool. But they they could have made a movie that was just like a basically a video game cutscene, but Why like they? they did that yeah. with with Ratchet and Clank, um, and nobody went and saw Ratchet and Clank. It, that movie did not perform. So are you? That's because the marketing of that movie. So. That was part of it. It was also not a great movie. Um, and that's, I am probably one of the biggest Ratchet and Clank fans that you'll find. Uh, I love those games. Uh, it's one of my favorite video game franchises. And that movie just falls flat. Um, and and I think, like, they just adapted the first video game into a movie instead of writing a good story. But that's a whole other thing. We don't need to talk about Ratchet and Clank. But, um I spent so much of my time working on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It looked great. Good. The, the video game that came out to coincide with the movie was awesome because it was a remake of the original and it was all like updated and they added in like the story elements from the movie and it worked really great in the game. In the actual movie, it like when you're not in control of those characters, it's just not as much fun. Mm. I don't know. It didn't move quick enough. There was, That's there fair. were, there were kind of too many, too many, too many, um, breaks in the action. It should have just been a little bit tighter, but, um, yeah. I'm very decidedly not commenting on this. Movie. I know. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. So Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> I highly recommend it. I think that it's great. Uh, it's, um, if you liked Detective Pikachu and sort of the vibe of that, um, I, I think that you probably enjoy Sonic because um, it is very similar of like the CG irreverent character quipping with a reluctant human sidekick who's also a little bit goofy and hapless. Um, and uh, and then Jim Carrey as Robotnik is just such a dream casting choice. <laughs> it's I, I, I think I said this to you that that. Um, like I was, I've been a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog since I was like, I don't know, like in the first grade. So what is that? That's like six, right? Like, uh, when the first comic books came out, like six or seven years old. Uh, and, I, uh, I, that's around the same time that, that Jim Carrey started his career right. within living color. And, and I was a huge fan of in living color as a kid. Um, and then obviously Ace Ventura and the mask and everything that everybody else, uh, was in love with about with Jim Carrey. Um, but like I idolized Jim Carrey for a long time and, uh, and, and him being Robotnik, like it's, you're taking two of these things that like eight year old Mike <laughs> is, was like obsessed with and putting nice. them together. Um, and he's so good in the role. And by the end of the movie, like he starts the movie as, as this sort of proto Robotnik character where he's, he's weird and he's definitely insane, but he's not like single minded. I need to roboticize the world and destroy Sonic the Hedgehog. By the end of the movie, he gets there and his look transforms from Jim Carrey to Robotnik and at the at like it's the first post credit scene and it's like it, it was in the trailer so I'm not giving anything away but you see that and it's like the next movie is gonna be even better than this one because the next movie will just be straight up Sonic the Hedgehog Robotnik's gonna be 
trying to get revenge and Sonic's going to have to stop him. So, um, yeah, go see it. Not that it needs help. It made $68 million this weekend with a budget of 84. Like that's, that's uh, and that was just domestic. It's, it's at like 111 the last time I checked, uh, worldwide, which means that they're making a sequel. There's no way they're not making a sequel because they set it up at the end of the movie. So that's good. Um, yeah. Uh, very exciting. Uh, Birds of Prey. You want to talk about Birds of Prey? I sure do. Before we do, let's take a break for ads. Okay, so so we went on Tuesday night, and uh, uh, we went to for for cheapy night. We 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 waited over the weekend, um, which I kind of regret because it, it it didn't have a great opening, um, and uh, I would have liked to have contributed our our. <laughs> yeah, I realized that you afterwards know, that I kind of like bucks. on like I should have paid for it during the like yeah, during the like beginning. Like pre-sale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but uh, I I there so there's a funny thing. I saw I saw a post from somebody who was like this is the inherent misogyny um and sexism of of Hollywood. Ford versus Ferrari was That's 71 was million dollars. That was the budget for for that movie and it opened to 32 or something like that. Um, Birds of Prey opened to 34, I think, mm-hmm. and had a, a budget of like 70 point something mm-hmm. like like so it was a lower budget and technically made more. And yet Ford versus Ferrari was like, oh, it's a great start for this movie. Uh, the, the, it's only looking up from here sort of thing. And then the exact same outlet, I think it was maybe the Hollywood Reporter or something like that, um, basically said like, oh, Birds of Prey dead on arrival that at 34 million right. and it's like that it's it because it is a superhero movie um and it's female led it's it's all it's got two marks against it right um and and i would say because it is technically a sequel to suicide squad whether the studio wants to acknowledge it that way or not it is margot robbie playing harley quinn again there are several references to suicide squad in the movie yeah it's a sequel to suicide squad now you can we can move forward with with each of these movies and we can retcon whatever we want and and recast the joker or show him in a different light um in this movie than we did in the previous one i'm fine with that but don't be disingenuous and say this isn't a sequel when it very clearly is a sequel because it's very much the the events of Suicide Squad directly yeah. influence the story of this movie. So, um, but uh, they want it. They want the narrative that this is its own thing. Um, I I which I get, but I don't know. I don't know how you could have marketed this movie any differently than they did. But I think the biggest piece for me is that it's not a superhero movie. Oh yeah, and it's. The thing it's, somebody it's an action so, movie and it's a comedy, but it's not a superhero movie. And the thing that was the most interesting for me and that got me excited, there is literally one superhero in the movie, maybe like with actual superpowers, and it they're used once, like, yep. So it's, but the I thing would argue that, got that me, Harley has superpowers in this story, I but guess, yeah, she's because yeah. she's a different person when she comes out of the the chemicals right than when she went in and she does beyond human 
martial arts in yeah. this movie. Like, like she oh, the they fight push in the, the envelope. Oh, there is some awesome fights it's in not, this it's, movie. It's absolutely it not a complaint. I think that they took so the character good. of Harley Quinn and pushed her like to the nth degree oh, but she's on the so level fun. of like deadpool so, fun. Where it's so like, her this is what people is told me before i went to go see it so yeah. if you haven't seen it yet yeah sorry that you're listening to this podcast because probably we're gonna spoil stuff we will but we'll yeah, wait but to do yeah, full spoilers later. um but if you haven't seen it yet people were saying that it was like the dc version of deadpool yeah. and i kind of agree with that in terms of like tonally it, it it very much had that sort of i didn't realize it was like rated as high as it was mm-hmm. um like it's like an r or something isn't it it's like pretty it's it like must be it would yeah have it, to be. yeah it's like an r-rated film they swear a and, lot yeah yeah and <laughs> you the, only and get one super violent and it's so. super violent um but it's so funny like it's actually like quite quite funny and really kick-ass like the ladies do amazing things in the movie like it's it's entertaining as hell it i don't know for me it is definitely one of those instances and i hope that warner brothers in dc have that i think the fact that they made this movie in the first place with the 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 lack of critical and and i think uh, uh audience uh, success financially suicide squad did fine it it yeah. opened it, it 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 did good money it's fine. um but but from a critical and and fan reception standpoint it did not do well it didn't leave a good taste in people's mouths um Are so you sure? for, but like all of my social circle it left a really good taste in everybody's mouth like suicide squad oh not suicide squad yeah, sorry no, no, no. this this movie yeah this <laughs> sorry movie, yes this movie is getting great reviews critically and say, and everybody okay. who sees it says that it's great but suicide squad would did not do right. well yeah, no. with the audiences no, and people didn't like um it. and the yeah. critics hated it because it's by all accounts not a very good movie yeah um but so so for warner brothers and and, and dc to roll the dice on on um Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn again I think shows that they um a they have faith in her in that role um rightly so cuz she's phenomenal in that role mm-hmm. um but she, Margot Robbie's great in everything she's in so that's not it's not to take anything away from Harley Quinn but like Margot Robbie is just a great actress. She, she's fine, um, yeah. But but I do think like they they're not as interested in how much money it makes as long as it makes enough. Yeah. Um. And and here's the thing, <laughs> the sequel to this movie is already in production and it comes out next year. So like, because James Gunn's Suicide Squad has Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in it. So right. And it's yeah. another movie called Suicide Squad a few years after the previous Suicide Squad movie. Like, it, it, DC has no idea what they're doing. Let's be clear on that. Like, they are absolutely just grasping at straws and doing their best to be relevant um, in a world that that I think is just leaving them in the dust. But um, with that said. We got two movies coming out, two DC movies coming out this year, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman. And I will say, I mean, Black Widow is the other big superhero movie coming out this year. And then The Eternals is in November, but... um, Did they really actually, though, rename the movie? What? Harley Quinn, comma, Birds of Prey. Like, colon, Birds of Prey. Like, there's this whole thing right now that is actually getting rebranded, like, in oh, the really? middle of its release I to have a new that. name. Because um, it it's Birds of Prey and, and the, the Fantabulous, Fantabulous Emancipation yeah. of One Harley Quinn, yeah. which 
when you watch it, it makes sense yep. because that's like the the tonally the way that the yeah. movie is like working. Yeah. It is like the, the so the movie in a nutshell is the origin story of the Birds of Prey in the yeah. DCEU, but their origin story is inside of a Harley Quinn centric story, which is such a great way to frame that and to introduce us to these characters. It's the exact opposite of everything else that DC has done where they have tried to cram characters down our throats um, to get us to care about them. And that's why justice league and Batman V Superman don't work because they're just like, Hey, care about Batman, care about wonder woman, care about the flash, care about Aquaman. And it's like, Whoa, 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 show us their stories yeah, and then we will care about them and then bring the team together. And, and with this, they go, Oh, you care a lot about Harley Quinn. She's the only piece of suicide squad that anybody gave a damn about. So let's take her and use her as the vessel to introduce us to black Canary, this version of black Canary, um, to the Huntress, to uh, Renee Montoya uh, and to Cassandra Kane. So we get introduced to these to these uh, four other women in Gotham and uh, uh, it's there they it's perfect. I don't know. I it, this movie is I, I, I use this is my trademarked perfect 10 rating system, which is it's not out of 10. It's just that the movie is just a perfect 10. And I think that birds of prey is a perfect 10 movie. Like there's not an, a frame out of place. There isn't a story beat where you're like, huh, wait, what? Like every element of the movie is there for a reason. And like, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to love everything about it. I'm sure that there are some people who it's not going to be to their taste, but the movie respects itself. It respects its characters. It respects the audience that it wants to get, which is a very, um, probably the most interesting part of the whole movie is that like, this is not, I don't think this is for general superhero audience. Oh no. I say it's not a superhero movie. No, it is very much a postmodern feminist action movie. Uh, that that's female led, yeah. uh, and because you could have a feminist movie that's not female led, but this is this is a woman centric story. Thanks, Siri. You're not part of this podcast. I <laughs> uh, it's it's a woman centric story. I uh, and the men that are in it are I uh, they're there to support the stories of the women. It's which is so such fabulous. A, such a flip. So Black Mask. Ewan McGregor, does he stand out in this movie? 110%. He is incredible. And I think it's like Margot Robbie's performance and then his performance right underneath it. Is it important that it's the Black Mask? Not in the least. It could be any Gotham gangster. And that's why they picked the Black Mask, because Black Mask doesn't have a character. (laughs) And you can go ahead and come at me on Twitter for that. Like, (laughs) I don't care. I've read Batman comics. I know who the black mask is. He's a gangster who wears a black skull mask and shoots people like Mm -hmm. that's his character in the comics and different, different writers have done different takes on him. But, um, I don't know that I've ever read a black mask that is this character. Like it's, I think it's wholly unique. Um, and I think with good reason, like for, for a purpose, he is the antithesis 
of our heroes in this film, which are a bunch of badass women who don't need anybody to help them, but they support each other, which is great. My fa- it's my favorite version of Ewan McGregor. The yeah. so his the character that he plays, and also I really like um. Mr. Zaz? Is that yeah, what you say? Just name? Zaz. It's Zaz, just Zaz, yeah. Which is He calls I feel him like, Mr. Zaz. But, but I think he's in he's in my DC TV my DC um yep. card game. Yeah, like he's Zaz, a, he's a, yeah, he's Zaz like, is like a an character. actual so, character. So yeah, yeah, he he yeah. he he has a scar on his body. He's like basically like the like uh, like marking the days, like with the the right, yeah, ashes, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does that on his body for every person that he's killed, yeah. and his body is it's covered insane. in scars because yeah, yeah. he's Crazy. a serial killer. So. Anyways, um, but I also like that actor, right? The um, yeah, whatever his name is. Um, the, okay, I have to. I'm sorry that this is a terrible. Like I'm doing a terrible podcast thing where I keep referencing things in this room, but Mike keeps turning his hat backwards and forwards, <laughs> and it was really weird. You had it like backwards, but you had it really low on your on your head oh yeah and i'd never really seen you where, where i was gonna make this comment i was like what are you doing wearing your hat backwards but then you had taken it off and pushed it back further and i was like yeah. oh that's why because you usually just wear it like a lot further back yeah. or you wear it facing front but you had it sort of anyways <laughs> people care about my, my mug's been playing with this hat for the last little bit and it's fun. been like it's whenever i wear me. a hat for too long i start to get my scalp yeah. starts to get itchy but that's probably so, why i probably always yeah. see you with it backwards up and off your forehead yeah. and so that's why it was weird that it was just normal anyways that's just the like a little <laughs> behind the scenes magic here at Thunderquack. um but to get back to you and mcgregor one of um one of my favorite just period people i just i just like you and mcgregor um but the island is one of my favorite movies with him in it yeah like i really if you haven't seen the island it's a good time it I falls apart in the third act when it just becomes a ridiculous action movie but, but the action's still pretty but good. the action's good and here's the thing i didn't know who michael bay was at the time that i watched that movie like i didn't realize it was a michael bay movie it was until before transformers many, yeah until many years later <laughs> when people people said something something michael bay the island and i was like wait the island is yeah. a michael bay movie because here's the thing the island really confusing if you're not aware of like what it like if you don't know that it's a sci-fi movie yeah. you're gonna be real confused when you start watching it so you really should go into the island with zero context and just expect it to be like a good sci-fi time um because they didn't they didn't actually explain it to you explain to you in the trailers like what what the movie's about yeah um and once you find out what the movie's about it's great but ewan mcgregor basically plays two different versions of himself in the movie and this the the one that you meet halfway through is just this great sort of dense and like flighty and sort of it's just this perfect character that i really like was so much fun and this version of ewan mcgregor in birds of prey i think was very close to that and that that character was one like has been one of my faves of ewan mcgregor's so ewan mcgregor is is one of my favorite actors not just because he's obi-wan kenobi obviously that's a very big part of it (laughs) but um he has the ability to play heroes and villains to the same degree oh yeah and there aren't a lot of actors who can do that most people are going to be one or the other like tom cruise is a great example of somebody that i love but he doesn't play villains very often when he does he does he plays a good villain but it's usually more much more esoteric than his heroes because his heroes are just straight up heroes like i'm gonna run faster and jump higher and Tom Cruise in Topic fast. Thunder is one of my favorite Tom Cruise. So his his bad guys are not he ne- he's never played like a supervillain. Like a genuine which I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and put that out into the universe that he should be a bad guy in the MCU because that oh, is the only way be, I think to oh, get yeah. him into the MCU. Yeah yeah. But um I could see that. 
he would be such a great Doctor Doom. But uh, <gasps> yeah, he'd just be so smarmy oh. and douchey. It would be great. Um, but but Ewan McGregor has like he can play he can play subtle as well as he can play arch, and that is another thing that that not a lot of actors have, right? Um, like Robert De Niro is somebody who like I really love a subtle understated Robert De Niro performance I hate his arch performances <laughs> although I love some of the movies that he does them in like Meet the Fockers and uh, and uh, I, I, oh, what's the one with Billy Crystal where he's the mobster and analyze this, analyze this and analyze that yeah mm-hmm. um, like I enjoy those movies they're very funny but you see Robert De Niro in those and it's like, he's acting. I yeah. feel like he's acting silly right now. He's yeah. playing against type and I'm taken out of the movie as a result. Ewan McGregor, when he does a silly character, which I would argue his black mask is very silly. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but it's in a very heightened, very arch, very silly movie. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, you still believe that character, even though he is absolutely 100% maniacal, insane, and and just bonkers off the wall with his behavior. You believe him as that character, and that's where the threat in this movie comes because from. Because he actually is going to carry unhinged. through, and he actually carries yeah. through with it, where you're like... It's it's in a weird like his reactions are so weird and like the snot bubble thing yeah. and where you just like yeah. and then that's where his what, like, let's like, let's get into spoilers now. So if you haven't seen Birds of Prey and you do want to go see it, I would say to stop listening now, come back later and finish this episode because um, we're just going to talk about Birds of Prey for the rest of it. Uh, but we're going to get into spoilers. So the the scene, my favorite scene with him in this movie is uh, uh, when Huntress first comes in and there's all the statues. They're looking at all the statues and they're, and they're all beautiful works of art, right? Like it's all this great stuff. And then they get to the statue of him and he like asks her her opinion of it and she says something and about like who it's supposed to be and he's like no that's me and and you see it and it's awful it doesn't look anything like him and it's a terrible statue like i feel like that was intentional like that it huntress it's not huntress it's when canary comes in sorry canary yeah, yeah. okay sorry. good I, I was like I, I, no i got I really scared yeah. i was like wait time is um yeah, yeah, yeah sorry canary yeah. uh yeah and it's just it's this great bizarre moment where like he's surrounded by all of this amazing art, the masks, which obviously play into his character later and, and the statues and stuff. And it's, that's all so beautiful. And then you get to the, like the focal point of his collection, which is this ridiculous statue of himself <laughs> where you can kind of tell that they like, they didn't put time in like <laughs> somebody made it and, yeah, yeah. and like an artist crafted it. So I'm not saying that like somebody didn't do it, on purpose, but I feel that it's almost, um, it's almost juvenile. Like the, like the rendering of his face, like where it's like, it, it, it looks like a high school art project more than like a beautifully sculpted. Cause they could have just taken a face sculpt, or like a, like a face mold and like perfectly molded his face into this marble statue. Right. Um, like it's not, it wouldn't have cost them any more or less than what they did. So I have to imagine it was a choice. Because he looks at it with this, like, just reverence of, like, this is my favorite piece. This is the most beautiful thing in my collection. And Canary looks at him like, okay. And, like, he's just so insane. And then when you see it all the times when he snaps and he starts to lose it, 
Um, and, and you're just like, this guy is so dangerous. He's yeah. so scary because I don't know what he's going to do when he yeah. makes the woman stand oh, yeah, on, the, on the, on the table. Like, yeah. and that scene goes on for so long yeah. and it's so uncomfortable and you hate every single second of it because it's forcing you to confront that, like this, there are men who have operated like this in our world who do today and they get away with it. And everybody's complicit because nobody stands up. Everybody's just sitting around watching it happen because he has power and because he's dangerous. Right. And it's such a, it's such an important and like pressing metaphor Mm -hmm. in 2020 with the ridiculous human being that is currently the quote unquote leader of the free world. Um, Like, I can't like it is so intentional. It is so obvious the parallels between this version of Black Mask mm-hmm. and Donald Trump are very obvious. <laughs> but it's not just him, so yeah. it's not like he. It, there's never any like like direct line, mm-hmm. except for all of the very obvious things that are like it's just speaking to men with money and influence and power and what they do with that money influence and power and and just kind of showing that that um that it's a facade like it's it's all fake and it only they only maintain that power structure because everybody else is complicit in them having that power well and the thing that's really interesting to me and i which is one of the things that i love about the fact that it's kathy yan right that directed, directed it? it yeah i think so that um right. that that you can tell that there's this woman at the helm of this film because there's subtle things like the fact fact that the story starts out with black canary working for somebody who she knows is a is not a good person yeah. right and it's and she's just kind of like i just my bills get i pay it pays the bills i show up like she's part of that scene where the girl is on the table Yep. Like she is in that scene and is unable and to do anything. And we know who she is. We yeah, know that we she's know Diana she, Drake. Yeah. We know that she's the Black Canary. She's yeah. referred to earlier in the movie as the Black Canary. Yeah. So we know she has powers. Yeah. We know that she has. We we've already seen her beat the crap out of some guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how she gets herself into the situation, sort of yeah. thing. Um. So we know that she's powerful, and that she could absolutely stop this from happening and she does nothing and it's just a very interesting commentary on how women like fall into the roles that are like like that the patriarchy exists not in the absence of women Mm -hmm. but like that women can contribute in many ways to like these fundamental um structures that shape our reality and that they don't benefit from that ultimately leads to like terrible things for them and and then finally making that choice, the only way she's able to make that choice to step away from that is because she has the support of other people doing it at the same time. Yeah. Like the fact that like all of these women together don't intend to be superheroes. They don't intend. They're all out for themselves. Every yep. single one of them. They all have which totally they selfish all have stories. Totally yeah. separate stories. And the only reason they come together is because they realize that on their own, they're all going to die. Yeah. But if they if they band together, then maybe they can overcome Again, like, this. Like, and this is this is why it is a perfect ten movie to me, yeah. and it's a fantastic film, and like 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 triumphant. I think, despite mm-hmm. whatever it does at the box office over its run, I don't care. It it. I mean, I want it to do well. I mm-hmm. care in that respect. But but it is so incredible because these elements are 
self-evident without being preachy yeah at no point does any does a character ever stop so i just watched marriage story right and that movie at a certain point have you watched it no sorry at a certain point and laura dern won the the best uh uh, actress in a supporting role and deservedly so she's amazing in the movie and it's a great movie but it stops at one point in the movie and she has a monologue which is the reason why she won the award that it's a great monologue and it's incredibly well written and it's incredibly well performed, but the movie stops dead in its tracks for her to state the thesis of Scarlett Johansson's story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, about fair, yeah. like, and it's this 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 speech that she makes about how like the the idea of a good father was only invented in the last thirty years, and mm-hmm. men, if they even do anything, they get applauded, and it's right, oh, yeah, you're yeah. you're yeah. a hero, but women have been doing this since time began right. and are vilified for it basically yeah. like that's yeah, yeah. The, like the tone of the whole thing and sh- and it's like this solid like two minute monologue that she does and it but it but it breaks the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall right it's not it's deadpool like, turning to the audience no but it like but it absolutely destroys the veritas of the film because all of a sudden the movie isn't telling you the story of Scarlett Johansson's character. It is now telling you what the movie is about. Right. Yeah. Birds of Prey never does that. Yeah. But you come out of the movie understanding all of it. Yeah. Right. So, and that's, to me, that, that is always, I, I, in my experience, like speaking for myself, that's the way to change hearts and minds not by getting up in front of somebody and telling them that the way that they think or feel is flawed, but by making them confront those feelings in a safe space. Right. Right. And in a movie, in a fantasy story, we talk about this all the time in genre. It's so easy to, to get people's defenses down and force them to confront something that they don't want to confront about Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. And this movie does that. It does that like three or four times with, with a bunch of different characters. Um, and, and everything that you just said about these, these, uh, five women who come together to, to fight the patriarchy, basically, it's such a great metaphor for the Me Too movement and how that happened, because it's exactly the same. Like it's all these women who felt powerless, like they couldn't do anything for themselves, like they were stuck and then the second that one stood up with the support of another and another and another and another, all of a sudden it snowballed into this movement where people were able to, to knowing that they had all these people behind them, uh, call people out for behavior and start changing the conversation. Um, and, and what we obviously have so far to go, but, um, but I think like a, a movie like this being in the theater in the first place, um, and, and <laughs> this, this tells you where Warner brothers and DC are at with this movie and, and the Harley Quinn franchise. It has one writer yeah. Yeah. and for a Hollywood mm-hmm. blockbuster production in 2019, 2020 to have one writer who's a woman, who is a woman. That's ridiculous. How many writers were on Justice League? Yeah. Probably like six. Yeah. Like they really just 
gave this movie space to exist. Yeah. And it just gives me so much hope for the... Fr- like, okay, and people always talk about it. And I mean, we're always... Bi- I'm always biased. I'm always going to be biased. But I'm a DC gal. I'm not yeah. a Marvel gal. And yeah. I've always said that. And this movie is one of the reasons why I'm kind of like so proud to be a DC girl. Yeah. Because it is... It is like the first... I don't know, like giving giving um, Wonder Woman a female director yep. and then giving this a female director and just letting them do their thing and just trust in the storytelling is so important. And I think when you put people in positions of power and you like allow them to have their own story and be creative, yeah. it just it, it, it just empowers people beyond what you see on the screen and beyond yeah. like what they can do. But it, it just shows that you're going to put faith in somebody. And it's not like this movie's bombing. This movie's going to make its money back. Like it's not going to be a lot for DC Um, and the fact that it's certified fresh I think is a big deal too that is that's a big deal that it's like it's Um, it's a good movie like it's it's like objectively a very good movie it's not gonna like win awards or anything like that but it's like it's fun and and I will say it's the most fun I've had the movies in a really long time to like go into it and be like this is just enjoyable and to see Harley Quinn just kick butt for like a whole section of the film where you're just like oh she's just hitting people with a baseball bat yeah like it's great oh the moment (laughs) because she goes in with the mallet yeah and it's this is again like there are so many things in this movie so many like little metaphorical things and and subtext and nuance to the storytelling um, but it's not subtext or nuance that you'll miss. It's mm-hmm. all it's all right there on the surface, but but it's never stated. Mm-hmm. And there's a great moment where she she goes in and she's got the mallet and she use she's been using the mallet mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie and then and then and then she oh you know what I'm actually I think I'm mixing it up with the animated series. Maybe. She switches to the bat in the animated series and it's like it's and she finds the bat in in the movie. I watched them like at the same time, basically oh, right, yeah, like yeah, yeah. in the same yeah. week. Yeah, no, it's it is in the Harley Quinn animated series. She <laughs> has the mallet. She's she's broken up with Joker and she's got the mallet. It's the same story. Like it's <laughs> it's a little bit frustrating yeah, yeah, telling yeah. the same story twice. But the, she's she's been using the mallet and wearing the costume and all that sort of stuff. She changes her costume, but she still uses the mallet and she does okay against Joker's goons until she loses the mallet and then she steals a bat from one of like she reverses right. the bat on one yeah. guy and then cracks a dude like I think in the knee or something and then she like looks at the bat like oh because like the mallet was part of her Harlequin yeah like Joker thing yeah the yeah. identity that he gave her right. um the baseball bat is the new Harley Quinn, right? Yeah. Like that's that's Harley on her own as a solo character. It's the weapon that she uses in the Suicide Squad movie, right? Yeah. Um, so there's like she has this relationship with a bat, <laughs> and the, um, the... and and that's in the movie as well, where where it's like she finds it. I think she, they're in the lockup. She finds right? it in the lockup, so she goes to rescue the Cassandra Cain. Rescue, liberate, no, he liberate, she's steal. Get, she's Bounty one hunting, of the yeah, but, yeah yeah but um <clears throat> when she find when she finds like all of the things that she could and she grabs the bat but also it's not just that she uses it and the fight is cool it's that like they showcase the bat like the fact where she throws it at somebody and it and comes it back around back and she catches, and she catches it, it it's yeah. just so cool it's, like harley's bat is the same as wolverine's claws or batman's batarang like it's like there are things about individual superheroes that are iconic um and they have 
managed to make a baseball bat, which is such a generic thug weapon, Mm -hmm. into this iconic element of Harley. Um, And and yeah, like the choreography in the movie is phenomenal. Like it's 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 so fun at points like breathtaking, where you're like, that was one of the most fun action sequences I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And that one specifically when she first yeah. gets the bat and cause the, the tone changes, right? Like oh, she's, yeah. Yeah. when she's got the gun, she's definitely kicking everybody's ass. But, but th- when she gets the bat in the lockup, at, at, like in, in the, the evidence mm-hmm. locker at the, at the end of that sequence, her, her, uh, motion changes. Yeah, like yeah. she just like, it goes from, her being a badass and, and beating the crap out of everybody to like ballet. And it and becomes it, like a dance where it's like, she's yeah. one with this object that she's using to bust kneecaps and crush skulls. And it's, it's horribly violent, but it's, it's horrendously violent. And I would say it's, but defensive, it's, beautiful. it's defensive to offensive. The yeah. moment she gets the bat, she starts yeah. to become in control, yeah. which I think is just really interesting yeah. that it's like, because she was like trying to escape or like the people opened the the cages and they weren't supposed to. And so she's yeah. like having to fight her way out. But then she finally, when she finds the bat, she's like, oh, okay, now I can take some people down. Yeah. And so it's, it's just kind of a cool, a cool way to, to use that weapon and to, I don't know, even just the whole concept of the movie itself is that, like, she literally is emancipating herself from the Joker, and, yep. like, I don't know, there's just a lot of really cool things. It's, yeah, it's not just, it's it's not a gimmick at the beginning of, like, hey, remember that last movie and how the Joker was a jerk and she yeah. broke up with him or whatever? It's like, no... It you it's part of her psyche in the story. Mm-hmm. It's it's a major the Joker is a major character in this film without ever being in the yeah. film. Yeah. He's only ever seen in the movie as a cartoon, yeah. as an illustration. Um and and yet his presence is all over the film. I would say from start to finish Cause because even in the to, final yeah, sequence yeah. when they go in and she opens the thing to get all the weapons and it's very clear that like the Joker has cleared everything out. Yeah. But then they look over and they open the trunk and it's all her stuff because he's like, we're done. Yeah. The, like, the it's, so it's like, it was yeah. like, it's a breakup box, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, here's yeah. all your crap. Yeah. Um, and they open it up and it's got some That's nice, cool. nice references and stuff to yeah. some throwbacks. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's a great movie. I, I, I tweeted this after after we saw it. I think it's the best DCEU film. I I think it's one of the best DC I mean, movies. I really like Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, I really I like Wonder Woman as well. But I think Wonder Woman is very standard. It's popcorn, very standard popper and yeah, superhero right? and and kind of and kind of cliche and yeah. yeah. Whereas like, this it's one very is just predictable. Fun. You know and this exactly one is funner. Yeah, because I will say the only thing that really about Wonder Woman blows me away every time is the No Man's Land sequence, and I yeah. would say that like. The action in this beats that yeah. for sure. I, uh, Har- the Birds of Prey is a better movie, like a better constructed film than any of the other yeah. DCEU films by a long shot, yeah. by a long shot. And then on, in terms of like fan satisfaction of like going in and and um, getting to see on screen the characters that we know from other media, mm-hmm. I it I think it's the most satisfying one out of this out of this group. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that it kind of wins on on yeah. all on all fronts. I, more people need to go see it. They do. Um, but I also think it's not going to be for everybody. No, that's kind of the true. other thing. It's true. It's particularly a lot of guys. I think a lot of guys are going to go to it, and and the the comments about. Um, 
if they want guys to that that tweet if they want guys Ugh. to go see this then they should put them in their sexy comic book costumes come on she's wearing which are basically like just super suits. tight pants the whole and time it's like if they you, look really good if, in the movie if, if you uh as as uh, uh, a human being that is attracted to to the female form uh are not blown away by some of the costumes in this movie then uh you need to get your eyes checked i don't like, know that's not, like go yeah. to the doctor because like there's something wrong with you because like black canary in particular uh she looks good in the she whole movie. is oh. like smoking hot throughout this entire film every one of her costumes is sexy and powerful and awesome yeah. but all of them are like yeah. like like yeah. Uh, Harley and and uh, Huntress are also both yeah. very sexual, but it's it's we'll talk about this and other stuff. But it is the difference between the male gaze and the, the female, female gaze. gaze. Yeah. They're sexy because like, and they wear sexy clothes. They wear revealing clothes, but they wear revealing clothes because they want to. Yeah, not yeah. because somebody put them in it. Somebody made them yeah. because they want yeah. them to be in their underpants, which yeah. is what Harley's in in the previous yeah. film. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Birds of Prey. Go see it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I guess that's it. I guess that's that's a thunderquack. That's a thunderquack. We did what we said we would do. We yep. talked about Birds of Prey. We went to see the movie and then we talked about it. Yep. Which we is, did do that. So yay us. we'll be back next week. And I actually don't know. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I don't have anything. Well, we don't have anything planned. I don't know. So, we'll, we'll figure it I, out. This is one of those things that actually people on Patreon are going to get the opportunity to suggest topics to us. Um, so that's another reason to be over on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack. But uh, I, everything at Thunderquack is changing right now. So we're in the middle of, 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 of a huge changeover, like I said at the beginning, with the, the ad-supported stuff. But we're also we're moving all of the podcasts to thunderquack.com. So you won't have to go to all of these different places in order to find links to subscribe or to the social media or whatever. It's it is all going to live under thunderquack.com by the end of 2020. It's going to be a long process. There's a lot of podcasts, a lot lot of episodes, but um, but but we are going to be working on that little by little and getting everything over uh, into thunderquack.com. Um, and my hope is that is that by the end of the year, we also are doing different kinds of content on Thunderquack, not just podcasts, but also some written content and uh, and maybe getting back into the video stuff towards the end of the year. Um, we're kind of taking a break from that right now um, just to to deal with all of this changeover stuff. But I uh, I head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network uh, and uh, uh, you can follow us on social media. Uh, uh, at uh, man, I haven't changed anything over yet. Uh-oh. I was going to, so Instagram.com slash Thunderquack. I uh, I believe it's it's at Thunderquack on on Instagram, um, and then on uh, Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash is it slash Thunderquack? I think it might be podcast. I thought that it, it might pod. be Thunderquack podcast. Uh, and then on Twitter right now we are Thunderquack Net. But I am going to change it to Thunderquack Pod, so um, so know. that it's all the same. If you everywhere. don't buy, just you know, like we're in every, in every instance, just search Thunderquack Podcast, yeah, um, and you'll find it. But uh, yeah, so we're kind of kind of in still in the middle of transitioning all of that stuff. But thanks for um, bearing with us while we do so. Yeah, uh, and again, let us know what you want us to actually talk about. Like yeah, like there's lots of things that we could talk about. Yeah, 
for sure. Where can people find you on social media? If you want to find me on social media, you can follow me at Aconkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. That's uh, Twitter. On Instagram, I'm Aconkin86. Uh, and I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F on Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, and if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Uh, and then by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack, as we've talked about plenty in this episode, to uh, to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. And get, uh, get, get, get the podcast ad-free, uh, get it early, uh, and get the extended uncut version. Um, where we talk about bowling, where we mm-hmm. talk about Jurassic Park, Ooh. kind of tangentially, <laughs> uh, and a few other things. Uh, but uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>